Chapter Ten of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Three. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Celine Major. The Mysteries of Paris, Volume Three by Eugène Sue. Chapter Ten, Mont Saint Jean. It was just two o'clock by the dial of the prison of Saint Lazare. The cold, which had lasted for several days, had been succeeded by soft, mild, and almost spring weather the rays of the sun were reflected in the water of the large square basin with its stone corners formed in the centre of a courtyard planted with trees and surrounded by dark high walls pierced with a great many iron-barred windows wooden benches were fastened here and there in this large paved enclosure which served for the walking-place of the prisoners the ringing of a bell announcing the hour of recreation the prisoners came in throngs by a thick wicket door which was open to them these women all clad alike wore black skull-caps and long loose gowns of blue woollen cloth fastened around the waist by a band and iron buckle there were there two hundred prostitutes sentenced for breach of the particular laws which controlled them and placed them out of the pale of the common law at first sight their appearance had nothing striking but after regarding them with further attention there might be detected in each face the almost ineffaceable stigmas of vice and particularly that brutishness which ignorance and misery invariably engender whilst contemplating these masses of lost creatures we cannot help recollecting with sorrow that most of them have been pure and honest at least at some former period we say most of them because there are some who have been corrupted vitiated depraved not only from their youth but from their tenderest infancy even from their very birth if we may say so and we shall prove it as we proceed we ask ourselves then with painful curiosity what chain of fatal causes could thus debase these unhappy creatures who have known shame and chastity there are so many declivities alas which verge to that fall it is rarely the passion of the depraved for depravity but dissipation bad example perverse education and above all want which leads so many unfortunates to infamy and it is the poor classes alone who pay to civilization this impost on soul and body when the prisoners came into the yard running and crying out it was easy to discern that it was not alone the pleasure of leaving their work that made them so noisy after having hurried forth by the only gate which led to this yard the crowd spread out and made a ring around a misshapen being whom they assailed with shouts she was a small woman from thirty-six to forty years of age short round-shouldered deformed and with her neck buried between shoulders of unequal height they had snatched off her black cap and her hair which was flaxen or rather a pale yellow coarse matted and mingled with grey fell over her low and stupid features she was clad in a blue loose gown like the other prisoners and had under her right arm a small bundle wrapped up in a miserable ragged checked pocket-handkerchief with her left elbow she endeavoured to ward off the blows aimed at her nothing could be more lamentably ludicrous than the visage of this unhappy woman she was hideous and distorted in figure with projecting features wrinkled tanned and dirty which were pierced with two holes for nostrils and two small red bloodshot eyes by turns wrathful and imploring she scolded and entreated but they laughed even more at her complaints than her threats this woman was the plaything of the prisoners one thing ought however to have protected her from such ill usage she was evidently about to become a mother but her ugliness her imbecility and the custom they had of considering her as a victim intended for common sport rendered her persecutors implacable in spite of their usual respect for maternity 
amongst the fiercest enemies of mont saint jean that was the unhappy wretch's name la louve was conspicuous la louve was a strapping girl of twenty active and powerfully grown with regular features her coarse black hair was varied by reddish shades whilst her blood suffused her skin with its hue a brown down shaded her thin lips her chestnut eyebrows thick and projecting were united over her large and fierce eyes there was something violent savage and brutal in the expression of this woman's physiognomy a sort of habitual sneer which curled her upper lip during a fit of rage and exposing her white and wide-apart teeth accounted for her name of la louve the she-wolf yet in that countenance there was more of boldness and insolence than cruelty and in a word it was seen that rather become vicious than born so this woman was still susceptible of certain good impulses as the inspectress had told madame d'harville alas alas what have i done exclaimed mont saint jean struggling in the midst of her companions why are you so cruel to me because it is so amusing because you are only fit to be teased it is your business look at yourself and you will see that you have no right to complain but you know well enough that i don't complain as long as i can help it i bear it as long as i can well we'll let you alone if you will tell us why you call yourself mont saint jean yes yes tell us all that directly why i've told you a hundred times it was an old soldier that i loved a long while ago and who was called so because he was wounded at the battle of mont saint jean so i took his name that's it now are you satisfied you will make me repeat the same thing over and over and over if your soldier was like you he was a beauty i suppose he was in the invalids the remains of a man how many glass eyes had he it wasn't his nose of blocked in he must have been short of two arms and two legs besides being deaf and blind if he took up with you i am ugly a monster i know that as well as you can tell me say what you like make game of me if you choose it's all one to me only don't beat me that's all i beg what have you got in that old handkerchief asked la louve yes yes what is it show it up directly let's see let's see oh no i beg exclaimed the miserable creature squeezing up the little bundle in her hands with all her might what must we take it from you yes snatch it from her la louve oh you won't be so wicked let it go let it go i say what is it why it's the beginning of my baby linen i make it with the old bits of linen which no one wants and i pick up it's nothing to you is it oh the baby linen of mont saint jean's little one that must be a rum set out let's look at it the baby clothes the baby clothes she has taken measure of the keeper's little dog no doubt here is your baby clothes cried la louve snatching the bundle from mont saint jean's grasp the handkerchief already torn was now rent to tatters and a quantity of fragments of stuff of all colours and old pieces of linen half cut out flew around the yard and were trampled under feet by the prisoners who halloed and laughed louder than before here's your rags why it is a rag-picker's bag patterns from the ragman's what a shop and to sew all that rubbish 
why there's more thread than stuff what nice embroidery here pick up your rags and tatters mont saint jean oh how wicked oh how cruel exclaimed the poor ill-used creature running in every direction after the pieces which she endeavoured to pick up in spite of pushes and blows i never did anybody any harm she added weeping i have offered if they would let me alone to do anything i could for anybody to give them half my allowance although i am always so hungry but no no it's always so what can i do to be left in peace they haven't even pity of a poor woman in the family way they are more cruel than the beasts oh the trouble i had to collect these little bits of linen how else can i make the clothes for my baby for i have no money to buy them with what harm was there in picking up what nobody else wanted when it was thrown away then mont saint jean exclaimed suddenly with a ray of hope oh there you are goualeuse now then i'm safe do speak to them for me they will listen to you i am sure for they love you as much as they hate me la goualeuse was the last of the prisoners who entered the enclosure fleur de marie wore the blue woollen gown and black skull-cap of the prisoners but even in this coarse costume she was still charming yet since her carrying off from the farm of bouqueval the consequences of which circumstance we will explain hereafter her features seemed greatly altered her pale cheeks formerly tinged with a slight colour were as wan as the whiteness of alabaster the expression too of her countenance had changed and was now imprinted with a kind of dignified grief fleur de marie felt that to bear courageously the painful sacrifices of expiation is almost to attain restored position ask a favour for me goualeuse said poor mont saint jean beseechingly to the young girl see how they are flinging about the yard all i had collected with so much trouble to begin my baby linen for my child what good can it do them fleur de marie did not say a word but began very actively to pick up one by one from under the woman's feet all the rags she could collect one prisoner ill-temperedly kept her foot on a sort of little bedgown of coarse woollen cloth fleur de marie still stooping looked up at the woman and said to her in a sweet tone i beg of you let me pick it up i ask it in the name of this poor woman who is weeping the prisoner removed her foot the bedgown was rescued as well as most of the other scraps which la goualeuse acquired piece by piece there remained to obtain a small child's cap which two prisoners were struggling for and laughing at fleur de marie said to them be all good pray do let me have the little cap oh to be sure it's for a harlequin in swaddling clothes this cap is it is made of a bit of grey stuff with points of green and black fustian and lined with a bit of an old mattress cover the description was exact and was hailed with loud and long-continued shoutings laugh away but let me have it said mont saint jean and pray do not drag it in the mud as you have some of the other things i'm sorry you have made your hands so dirty for me goualeuse she added in a grateful tone let me have the harlequin's cap said la louve who obtained possession of it and waved it in the air as a trophy give it to me i entreat you said goualeuse no you want to give it back to mont saint jean certainly i do oh it is not worth while it is such a rag mont saint jean has nothing but rags to dress her child in and you ought to have pity upon her la louve said fleur de marie in a mournful voice 
and stretching out her hand towards the cap you shan't have it answered la louve in a brutal tone must everybody always give way to you because you are the weakest you come i see to abuse the kindness that is shown to you but said la goualeuse with a smile full of sweetness where would be the merit of giving up to me if i were the stronger of the two no no you want to wheedle me over with your smooth canting words but it won't do you shan't have it i tell you come come now la louve do not be ill-natured let me alone you tire me to death oh pray do i will not yes do let me beg of you now don't put me in a passion exclaimed la louve thoroughly irritated i have said no and i mean no take pity on the poor thing see how she is crying what is that to me so much the worse for her she is our pain-bearer souffre-douleur so she is murmured out a number of the prisoners instigated by the example of la louve no no she ought not to have her rags back so much the worse for mont saint jean you are right said fleur-de-marie with bitterness it is so much the worse for her she is your pain-bearer she ought to submit herself to your pleasure her tears and sighs amuse and divert you and you must have some way of passing your time were you to kill her on the spot she would have no right to say anything you speak truly la louve this is just and fair is it not here is a poor weak defenceless woman alone in the midst of so many she is quite unable to defend herself yet you all combine against her certainly your behaviour towards her is most just and generous and i suppose you mean to say we are all a parcel of cowards retorted la louve carried away by the violence of her disposition and extreme impatience at anything like contradiction answer me do you call us cowards eh speak out and let us know your meaning continued she growing more and more incensed a murmur of displeasure against la goualeuse not unmixed with threats arose from the assembled crowd the offended prisoners thronged around her vociferating the disapprobation forgetting or remembering but as a fresh cause of offence the ascendancy she had until the present moment exercised over them she calls us cowards you see what business has she to find fault with us is she better than we are i should like to know ah we have all been too kind to her and now she wants to give herself fine lady airs and to domineer over us if we choose to torment mont saint jean what need has she to interfere since it has come to this i tell you what mont saint jean you shall fare the worse for it in the future take this to begin with said one of the most violent of the party giving her a blow and if you meddle again with what does not concern you la goualeuse we will serve you the same yes that we will but that is not all said la louve la goualeuse must ask our pardon for having called us cowards she must and she shall if we don't put a stop to her goings-on she will soon leave us without the power of saying our soul is our own and we are great fools not to have seen this sooner make her ask our pardon on her knee on both knees or we will serve her precisely the same as we did her protege mont saint jean down on her knees down with her lo we are cowards are we dare to say it again fleur de marie allowed this tumult to pass away ere she replied to the many furious voices that were raging around her then casting a mild and melancholy glance at the exasperated crowd she said to la louve who persisted in vociferating 
will you dare to call us cowards again you oh no not you i call this poor woman whom you have so roughly treated whom you have dragged through the mud and whose clothes you have nearly torn off a coward do you not see how she trembles and dares not even look at you no no i say again tis she who is a coward for being thus afraid of you fleur de marie had touched the right chord in vain might she have appealed to their sense of justice and duty in order to allay their bitter irritation against poor mont-saint-jean the stupid or brutalized minds of the prisoners would alike have been inaccessible to her pleadings but by addressing herself to that sentiment of generosity which is never wholly extinct even in the most depraved characters she kindled a spark of pity that required but skilful management to fan into a flame of commiseration instead of hatred and violence la louve amid their continued murmurings against la goualeuse and her protégé felt and confessed that their conduct had been both unwomanly and cowardly fleur de marie would not carry her first triumph too far she contented herself with merely saying surely if this poor creature whom you call yours to tease to torment to ill-use in fact your souffre douleur be not worthy of your pity her infant has done nothing to offend you did you forget when striking the mother that the unborn babe might suffer from your blows and when she besought your mercy twas not for herself but her child when she craves of you a morsel of bread if indeed you have it to spare tis not to satisfy her own hunger she begs it but that her infant may live and when with streaming eyes she implored of you to spare the few rags she had with so much difficulty collected together it arose from a mother's love for that unseen treasure her heart so loves and prizes this poor little patchwork cap and the pieces of old mattresses she has so awkwardly sewed together no doubt appear to you fit objects of mirth but for my own part i feel far more inclined to cry than to laugh at seeing the poor creature's instinctive attempts to provide for her babe so if you laugh at mont-saint-jean let me come in for my share of your ridicule not the faintest attempt at a smile appeared on any countenance and la louve continued with fixed gaze to contemplate the little cap she still held in her hand i know very well said fleur de marie drying her eyes with the back of her white and delicate hand i know very well that you are not really ill-natured or cruel and that you merely torment mont-saint-jean from thoughtlessness but consider that she and her infant are one if she held it in her arms not only would you carefully avoid doing it the least injury but i am quite sure if it were cold you would even take from your own garments to cover it would not you la louve oh i know you would every one of you to be sure we would every one pities a tender baby that is quite natural and if it cried with hunger you would take the bread from your own mouth to feed it with would not you la louve that i would and willingly too i am not more hard-hearted than other people nor more are we a poor helpless little creature who could have the heart to think of harming it they must be downright monsters perfect savages worse than wild beasts i told you so resumed fleur de marie i said you were not intentionally unkind and you have proved that you are good and pitying towards mont-saint-jean the fault consisted in your not reflecting that although her child is yet unborn it is still liable to harm from any mischief that befalls its mother that is all the wrong you have done all the wrong we have done exclaimed la louve much excited but i say it is not all you were right la goualeuse we acted like a set of cowards 
and you alone deserve to be called courageous because you did not fear to tell us so or shrink from us after you had told us it is nonsense to seek to deny the fact that you are not a creature like us it is no use trying to persuade ourselves you are like such beings as we are so we may as well give it up i don't like to own it but it is so and i may just as well confess it just now when we were all in the wrong you had courage enough not only to refuse to join us but to tell us of our fault that is true enough and the fair-faced girl must have had a pretty stock of courage to tell us the truth so plainly to our faces but bless you these blue-eyed people who look so soft and gentle if once they are worked up they become courageous as lions poor mont saint jean she has good reason to be thankful to her what she says is true enough we could not injure the mother without harming the child also i never thought of that nor i either but you see la goualeuse did she never forgets anything the idea of hurting an infant horrible is it not i'm sure there is not one of us who would do it for anything that could be offered us nothing is more variable than popular passion or more abrupt than its rapid transition from bad to good and even the reverse the simple yet touching arguments of fleur de marie had effected a powerful reaction in favour of mont saint jean who shed tears of deep joy every heart seemed moved for as we have already said the womanly feelings of the prisoners had been awakened and they now felt a solicitude for the unhappy creature in proportion as they had formerly held her in dislike and contempt all at once la louve violent and impetuous in all her actions twisted the little cap she held in her hand into a sort of purse and feeling in her pocket brought out twenty sous which she threw into the purse then presenting it to her companions exclaimed here is my twenty sous towards buying baby clothes for mont saint jean's child we will cut them out and make them ourselves in order that the work may cost nothing oh yes let us to be sure let us all join i will for one what a capital idea poor creature though she is so frightfully ugly yet she has a mother's feelings the same as another la goualeuse was right it is really enough to make one cry one's eyes out to see what a wretched collection of rags the poor creature has scraped together for her baby well i'll give thirty sous and i tan i'll give twenty sous i've only got four sous but i'll give them i have no money at all but i'll sell my allowance for to-morrow and put whatever any one will give for it into the collection who'll buy my to-morrow's rations i will said la louve so here i put in ten sous for you but you shall keep your rations and now mont saint jean shall have baby clothes fit for a princess to express the joy and gratitude of mont saint jean would be wholly impossible the most intense delight and happiness illumined her countenance and rendered even her usual hideous features interesting fleur de marie was almost as happy though compelled to say when la louve handed to her the collecting cap i am very sorry i have not a single sou of money but i will work as long as you please at making the clothes oh my dear heavenly angel cried mont saint jean throwing herself on her knees before la goualeuse and striving to kiss her hand what have i ever done to merit such goodness on your part or the charity of these kind ladies gracious father do i hear aright baby things and all nice and comfortable for my child a real proper set of baby clothes 
everything i can require who would ever have thought of such a thing i'm sure i never should i shall lose my senses with joy only to think that a poor miserable wretch like myself the make-game of everybody should all at once just because you spoke a few soft sweet words out of that heavenly mouth have such wonderful blessings see how your words have changed those who meant to harm me but who now pity me and are my friends and i feel as though i could never thank them enough or express my gratitude oh how very very kind of them how wrong of me to be offended and angry with what they said how stupid and ungrateful i must have been not to perceive that they were only playing with me that they had no intention of harming me oh no it was all meant for my good here is a proof of it oh for the future if they like to knock me about ever so i will not so much as cry out oh i was too impatient when i complained before but i will make up for it next time eighty-eight francs seven sous said la louve finishing her reckoning of the collection gathered by handing about the little bonnet who will be treasurer till we lay out the money we must not entrust it to mont saint jean she is too simple let la goualeuse take charge of it cried a unanimous burst of voices no said fleur de marie the best way will be to beg of the inspectress madame armand to take charge of the sum collected and to buy the necessary articles for mont saint jean's confinement and then who knows perhaps madame armand may take notice of the good action you have performed and report it so as to be the means of shortening the imprisonment of all whose names are mentioned as being concerned in it tell me la louve added fleur de marie taking her companion by the arm are you not better satisfied with yourself than you were just now when you were throwing about all mont saint jean's poor baby's things la louve did not immediately reply to the generous excitement which a few moments before animated her features succeeded a sort of half-savage air of defiance unable to comprehend the cause of this sudden change fleur de marie looked at her with surprise come here la goualeuse said la louve at last with a gloomy tone i want to speak to you then abruptly quitting the other prisoners she led fleur de marie to a reservoir of water surrounded by a stone coping which had been hollowed out in the midst of an adjoining meadow near the water was a bench also of stone on which la louve and la goualeuse placed themselves and were thus in a manner beyond the observation or hearing of their companions End of chapter ten read by celine major